It's time for the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Let's go live to RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. Here's Coach Campy and the voice of the Golden Grizzlies, Neil Rule. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. We're live at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. The Horizon League regular season is complete. We are ready to roll for the Horizon League tournament, brought to you by Keeps. Have to mention that. Uh, as well. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies. Of course, he is a coach, Greg Campy. And Camp, we are, we're ready for March Madness, right, officially? Yeah, it looks like the last radio show of the year, unless, I don't know if we'd have one if we make it to the in-state tournament. It just depends on where we go and when, and what day the we timing, play. Yeah. yeah, the timing and all but that stuff. Obviously, we, wouldn't, we won't be here next Monday night. We hope we're playing next Monday night. Uh, I see the same old faces here, which is good to see. We're a little, little short on people tonight, but for the most part, the same people. So uh, let's give them a good show and, and get ready for the tournament. Yeah, absolutely. That is a scenario. Golden Grizzlies and IUPUI, and certainly we will talk about that. And Also, too, don't forget to fire off your questions on Twitter with the hashtag AskCampy. We get to those. Got a nice little lineup of those coming up as well. And uh, as we said, we, uh, we will get into that matchup against IUPUI. Lots of... Uh, unique circumstances around that match which we will talk about but camp before that senior day uh, jamal kane sent off the right way on saturday and you said it yourself you know we uh we don't lose to detroit we don't lose on senior day uh check and check this year and, and that was i mean look you know this is no secret here you guys needed that win pretty badly got that win it was good for all parties involved <laughs> Yeah, it was. It it made us finish ahead of Detroit, which we've been in the league for nine years, and we finished ahead of them all nine years. Uh, we're 16-3 and three against them, and, you know, for a school that tried to keep us out uh, back in the day, you know, there was kind of a revenge thing. I think after a decade, though, I probably can let that go now. But, uh, you know. No, that's what makes rivalries camp. Yeah, but we finished ahead of them for a decade, so I'm I'm good with it. Uh, we need to We need to win a conference tournament and make that the highest priority now um but i'm pleased with that more importantly i was just talking to our ticket guy alex before i came here in the office and one of the things he said was how surprised he was we had, that was the biggest walk-up crowd we've had in in a couple of years and i said to him well our senior day is always that way we're always full on senior day because i think people really appreciate the, the ability to come down on the court and bring their kids down on the court and hang out on the blacktop and get pictures with the players. And, you know, I, I think I was there a good hour after the game. The players stayed there. Uh, it was awesome. And many of the people that are here tonight were on the floor after the game. And that's just a tremendous tradition that we have. And it's always good when you win the game. But we've, not often, but we have lost it a couple of times. But we've always stayed no matter what. And, and it's one, it's, it is the, my favorite day of the year during the season. It really is just a, I had a young man come up to me and I signed his shirt and took a picture with him and he's taller than I am. And his mom said, you know, he's been doing this since he came up to your knee. Every 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 year he's got a, a picture and a signed shirt uh, for the last 10 or 12 years. So, you know, it, it's a cool thing. And, and I, I love senior day. I'm glad that Jamal, he made a big shot late in the game to seal the win, which is always good uh, when a senior does that. I remember Xavier made a unbelievable three to win his senior night in overtime and it's always it's always a lasting memory when a guy playing in his last regular season game in the arena you know does something special to help us win so I really enjoyed that night you know camp and you look at it too and obviously uh, some breaking news today the uh, Horizon League postseason awards came out 
Jamal Kane, the uh, the co-Horizon League Player of the Year, and uh, certainly Camp uh, a justified result given uh, the level that he played at, the numbers that he put up all season long. Uh, it felt really good to see that. Well, it's our fault that you know the that it all went the way it went today because if we win the league, um, he's probably going to be the outright player of the year and Jalen Moore is going to be first team and Mike is, and Trey are going to be second and third team you know but because we fell to fifth you know we lost a lot of the hype and the publicity that those guys would have had if we wouldn't have you know stepped on ourselves in the in the last week and a half of the season so it's bittersweet but you know I'm not a guy that really pays much attention to that kind of stuff we didn't you know we didn't talk about it we we had practice today. We went bowling. We ate, actually ate dinner here as a team, and uh, in in RJ's, and many of them had season fries. Yes, um, they did. Some of the fans here had season fries yeah, as well. But I, I uh, may or may not cop some a little bit later on. <laughs> but uh, um, it was not mentioned at all. You know, then after we ate here, we went back to the arena and we watched film of IUPUI, and uh, so it was a full day together since we're on break. And not a word was mentioned. Uh, I didn't hear a word being said, although I'm sure they all know it. Um, you know, but not a word was, hey, congratulations, Jamal, or anything like that. We just, it's not something that we talk about. You know, we talk about our team goals. And uh, individual awards are great, but uh, I'll tell you what I'd rather have them win is the uh, MVP of the Horizon League tournament, because that always goes to a guy on the champion team. So. That's the award. If, if I could wish any award for a player, that's the one I would wish. And, and certainly we'll uh, begin that quest coming up tomorrow at the arena. GoldenGrizzlies.com for tickets, by the way. Love to see you get out there uh, for tomorrow night's opening round game of the Keeps Horizon League Tournament against IUPUI. Uh, camp the other game over the weekend, Purdue-Fort Wayne put in a, in a shooting display camp that, I, that I, have never, I have never seen that before. I mean – to be at one point, I think there were what like 56% from three, and that's on 15 makes too. It wasn't like you know it was five for nine or something like that. I mean, they did what they have done, and that's why they're co-Horizon League regular season champions. They fill it up. Well, they got hot, and they won a few in a row, and the schedule fell their way, and they got it going. And and when you're a team of shooters like they are, and you get it going, you know you can beat anybody. And we we kind of played into their hands, though. I I. I I take the blame a lot for that game. Um, you know, we got up early, and then they started making some shots, and we just tried to outshoot them. And we're, that's not our strength, and, and that's why the game went the way it did. We, we should have really slowed the pace down. We were getting to the rim easily early in the game on them, and, um, you know, we just got into a shooting contest with a group of guys that are a lot better shooters than we are, and that's why the game went the way it did. They made huge shots, though. We shot it pretty well, and, you know, every time we came down and did something that gave us a chance, they came down and, and won past three and buried it. And I'm not sure that defensively uh, we gave them our best effort. I Physically, mentally, we gave them – we gave great effort, but we didn't give us the smartest effort, and that came from the bench, not from the players. And I was really, really disappointed in myself and, and – the way we went about trying to win that game, I think we played right into their hands. And they're hot. I mean, they went to Detroit afterwards and shot it over 50% again. Um, and they're the hottest team going into the tournament. That's always not a great thing, though. We've been that. We've been that before, and it hasn't 
hasn't worked out. It's just, I mean, camp. It, I was talking with some of the fans here at RJ's Pub, and, I mean, it's just not – that's not sustainable. I mean, 50-plus percent from three, especially when you do it back-to-back games on the road. I mean, I, I know – you know the, the numbers dictate that you can't you can't sustain that. You know what I'm saying? That's all. That's all. I'm, that's not saying they can't win. They won the regular season <laughs> uh, co championship. So I, I know certainly that they can win games. I'm saying though that's a that's a tough way to do it. Yeah, and and the only you know the only people that really look at that like I, I got in an argument with a, a media guy today. Not an argument, but an argument um, over seeding in the, in the NCAA tournament. And, you know, well, Cleveland State and, and uh, Fort Wayne tied for the championship, but we didn't play in the, you know, one team played 19 games, one team played 21 games. Other Detroit Detroit only played 17 games. Right. Uh, there was another team that only played. So it's really hard to say it was an equitable, you know. Now, if we'd won it, we would we would get a ring and and they deserve you're not that claiming it. yeah right. you're not claiming it i mean it's but, not like you're not going to claim it right. yeah but because they did but the guy was saying today that you know if you guys win that tournament you'll probably get arizona and i was like what and he goes yeah the horizon league's projected a 16 or 15 seed i go well if we win it we're not a 15 or 16 seed maybe a 14 but most likely a 13 and he's going, well, no, the horizon league. Well, it's not the league that's projected in a spot. In, the, in these mock, in these mock uh, brackets, they project who they think that's going to win in Fort Wayne and, or Cleveland State is being projected because they won the regular season. And, and right. yeah, both of them, that's where they would be based on their uh, total body of work. But like I told him, we've got a power five win. We've got to win over Vermont, who's going to be a 12 seed. We've got to win over Toledo, who's a 13 seed you know in all these projections so if we you know if if we find a way to win it first of all our our net is is we're 153 in the net which it puts us in the top half there's going to be at least 12 teams with a lower net than us in the in the tournament um just from even if they're the conference champions and there's always one goofy record team that gets in there yeah yeah. and and then uh, um uh, on the other side of that we're if we win out, our net is going to be better because we're going to have to have a win against Wright State on the road, which is going to improve our net. We're going to have to beat Cleveland State again, which is going to improve our net. We're going to have to beat Northern Kentucky or Fort Wayne again. A 20-win team. Right, yeah. which is going to improve our net. So if we win out, our, our net will probably get all the way up to 130. And if you're 130, you're definitely going to be at, at the worst a 14 seed, mate, but probably a 13. Uh, based on how they want to put you in brackets and how they want to keep you away from people. And it's not we're not going to be the team they're doing that with. They're going to be doing it with the Power 5 teams, you know, the eight Big Ten teams that make it. They've got to keep them away from each other. The the, the six Big East teams that are going to make it, they got to keep them. So you could fall, like in, in 2000 and whenever Benson's senior year was. We oh, yeah. We, we were a 13 seed in Tennessee – or not Tennessee, Texas fell to a four seed. Just they wanted to get them in Tulsa so they could fill the building. So instead of a three, they made them a four. And so those types of things can affect the seeding, but it's only going to be one spot. I remember so, that too. They were the number one team in the country two weeks before the NCAA tournament. They were the number right. You know what else, Camp? I'll never forget looking at your face when you saw those brackets come up and you saw, you know, you saw Texas go on there. 
I you, thought that was the one team in the country we didn't want to get that was in the yeah. one they'd been number one just a couple of weeks and two they had the uh, Tristan Thompson or whatever the big kid's name yeah. that could compete with Keith Benson. Oh, Corey and, Joseph star- starts yeah. for the Pistons still, you know. And, and, <laughs> but that was the one team that I didn't want to get, and of course, that's who we got. And, and, and you know, we, we lose by four, I think, 80, yep. 84, 81, or 84, 80, or something like that. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. It was, but, it, but my point in this conversation is, you know, the the tournament is going to be anybody's tournament there uh, I mean I think right now the the team that scares me the most is Wright State and that's probably because we have to go there <laughs> uh, and then Northern Kentucky would be the second one that would scare me the most and they beat us twice so of course I'm going to be scared of them um, you know I think we match up really well with Cleveland State and I think we ma- we match up well with Fort Wayne we didn't play smart against them the other night. You know that uh, I I would agree with that. Uh, haven't been there in the building and watching those games uh, as well. But that is the scenario for the Golden Grizzlies as we talked about IUPUI tomorrow, and that will be an eight o'clock tip. Note that too, a special eight o'clock tip. There is a doubleheader tomorrow. The women's uh, basketball team will be playing in the Horizon League tournament, presented by Keeps. I have to do that, Giz. So you know I, I got to make sure I get that in. What is Keeps? Uh, it's a it's a medical. Uh, like a pharmaceutical company, right? Did you guys know what Keeps was? Hair replacement. Yeah, I think it's hair replacement, uh, a pharmaceutical. Uh, I was Keeps. I was wasn't sure what that meant. I kept seeing that on written down, but I don't think we need to know what it is now. So we yeah. do. So there you go. Yeah, absolutely. So yep. I guess it was money well spent. They just yep. they just got a read on the highest rated show at this time slot on this station. So All think year. about that. Yeah. All winter. Yeah, right. so think about that. I mean, that that was worth the sponsorship money in and of <laughs> in and of itself. We're going to take a break when we come back. We got more with Greg Campy. It is a Greg Campy show brought to you by the Evans Law Group. We're live at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. Neil Rule here for the Evans Law Group. And guys, look, I could tell you about how U.S. News and World Report recognized Cam Evans for 10 straight years as one of the top lawyers in America in the field of employment law. But what I want to tell you is this. When it was me, when it was my contracts, when it was my money that was on the table, Cam Evans was the only one that I trusted. And you can learn more about the legal services offered by the Evans Law Group at 248-468-1485 or visit them on the web at evanslawgrp.com. This is a great day for Henry Ford Sports Medicine. As the official team physicians for the Detroit Pistons and care provider for the Detroit Lions, today we welcome another athlete whom we proudly care for, Lisa. How was your injury? It turned out to be just a twisted knee. When can you return to Zumba? Maybe next week. Lisa, one more question. Henry Ford Sports Medicine. Official team physicians for athletes like Lisa and you. Learn more at henryford.com sports. Tap into savings when you use your Oakland University Credit Union Visa Signature Credit Card. The Visa Signature Credit Card gives you more cash back, like 3% cash back on groceries, 2% cash back on gas, travel, and universities, and 1% cash back on everything else. Simply tap to pay. It's fast, easy, and convenient. Tap to pay. Get more cash back with the OUCU Visa Signature Credit Card federally insured by the NCUA. Want to save a lot on your energy bills? Want to have some fun? Well, with the DTE Interactive Home, you can do both. 
from the attic to the basement, bedroom to backyard, the interactive home has tips, tools, programs, and products to save money in every room of the house. It's one of the few ways you can have fun and save money at the same time. Visit DTEinteractivehome.com today. DTE. Welcome back to RJ's Pub here in Rochester Hills. It's a great Campy show brought to you by the Evans Law Group. My name is Neil Rule. He is the coach, Greg Campy. Happy to have everybody here with us in the house at RJ's Pub. Appreciate you guys all season long, man. Every single week uh, you guys were here, and it is, it's very, very much appreciated. So thank you guys uh, for coming out. Jimmy Kennedy back in our 1270, the Bet Studios. Great effort out of him this year as well. Uh, handling everything behind the scenes. Appreciate that. Oakland alum Jimmy Kennedy, by the way, uh, back at the uh, 1270, the Bet Studios. But, Camp, you know, as, as, as you do look back at the season, and it is hard to believe that the Horizon League regular season is over, and, and I think that's got a lot to do given the nature, the amount of road games and the, the time you spend on the road and, you know, just, just how long of a grind that was. But, you know, it, it's not the time to do that, I guess, per se, but – you know, if you, as you look back on the season, kind of recreate it in your mind or some of the thoughts that you have uh, as far as what happened this year through that regular season, because it was a long grind and a lot of miles logged. Well, I, the last two years have just been brutal uh, when it comes to that. Uh, not having fans um, last year and then the back-to-back games, on, you know, the same referees, the same team two nights in a row. And then this year with, you know, schools opting out and you didn't really know what the rules were and then the rules got kind of changed in the middle and, uh, you know, you're trying to figure it all out. And, you know, we didn't we didn't have any COVID stoppage like we did a year before, but we had to, we suffered because of other teams that did. And, you know, we had momentum gathering games that we didn't get to play, you know, and you're playing the, last place team the second to last place team in your building in, in yeah. our building where you can get a win you can play a lot of players you know a lot of people always bitch at me that i don't play enough players but many of the games that that uh we could have done that with this year didn't get played and you know getting will shepherd you know 15 minutes in a game could have happened in in a couple of those games that didn't get played um so it it just through a curveball, not being able to get in the gym, not being able to have summer, not, you know, all those things that COVID caused change to uh, just made it really uneasy for someone in my position. Um, we got very blessed this year with, you know, with Jamal coming out of the transfer portal and a team that, you know, everybody thought wasn't going to be any good because we lost two players that played a lot to the transfer portal. And we, you know, came out firing from the beginning. Um, and, and, you know, we've had a good year. If, if we win tomorrow, we'll have a 20-win season. Um, a lot of great things. And, again, you know, somebody, somebody's going to say, well, they're not really freshmen, but they are. You know, the, the, by rule, we started Micah Parrish, a freshman, even though he's a second-year freshman, Micah Parrish, a freshman, uh, Trey. Trey Townsend, a freshman. Chris Conway. Chris, Chris Conway, a freshman. Jalen Moore, a junior. And and J- Jamal. And then we brought in, you know, our number one sub for the whole year was Osei Price, a true freshman. Blake Lampman, uh, so- a COVID sophomore. Will Shepard, 
a, a true freshman. And, and we've got seven freshmen on, true freshmen on the roster and three or four COVID freshmen. So you, when you looked at it before it started, you knew there was going to be some learning uh, experiences, a, a learning curve, as you want to say, and it was going to be tough. And we came out roaring, and so I think people forgot about all that. And then when we did hit a rough stretch, um, you know, it's, we're, it, it came at the wrong time. I mean, there's very seldom that our program hasn't been good in February, and it was home games. It wasn't, you know, uh, we'd lose a home game here. And, I mean, we, we, we lost three home games in a row that if we won, we win the championship. So I, I, it's it just the rockiness of it has been tough. But um, I got a great group of kids and people, you guys that were on the floor the other day, if you didn't see that, you know, if, when talking to Jamal and talking to Jalen and talking to Trey Townsend, if he would say anything back to you, I don't know. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> the the you know just just the the kids are fantastic it's been a great group to be around and i feel really sad that you know that the regular season's over i i want to replay those three games you know i want to i want to go through that losing stretch and replay them just because uh you know i didn't expect that to happen um i don't think anybody expected that to happen but it did um but the win saturday without trey the way we played, and and uh, it, it's got to make you feel good about our future. I mean, the future is great now. In this day and age, who leaves and who stays? <laughs> you know that that's yeah. that's a big question. Um, you know, I I feel pretty confident that uh, the Jalen and and uh, Trey and and Micah and Chris and Will and Osei, I feel very confident they're all going to come back, but you never know. I, sometimes I'm the last guy to hear it. You know, I was the last guy to hear that Oladapo left. And I had a meeting with him the day before he left. And I walked out of that meeting, you know, he's staying. And uh, so who knows in this crazy world that we're in what's going to happen. But I feel great about our future. Um, we've got to get a dominant rebounder, you know, and we've got to get another point guard. We can't have Jalen playing every minute of every game. And yeah. and our the point guards that we have here already have either got to get a hell of a lot better, or I've got to get someone else. And you know, I'll have conversations with those guys and tell them what I think they need to do. And we've got a couple guys that work their tails off, and hopefully they can do it. And if not, we've got to get. We've got to sign a point guard, you know, that, that is the heir apparent uh, to Jalen and can back Jalen up and, and uh, you know, can play 10 minutes a game is all I need next year. But we have to get a dominant rebounder and, you know, and Chris Conway's got to really develop or Will's got to really develop at the defensive side. Will, Will offensively will be fine once he just settles down. He, he's, he's a pick-and-pop guy that's going to shoot a lot of threes while he's here. And he just needs a couple to go in. Um, Con Conway's got a great offensive skill set. Defensively, he right now is a real liability. And he knows it, and we work on it, and I get mad at him. He gets mad at himself, and he gets mad at me. Uh, but that's, that's the process. And he's got a great skill set, and he's got great size. But he, I don't know if he'll ever be a dominant rebounder. And we've got to get a dominant rebound. We're leaving. We're losing a guy that averaged 10 rebounds a game. 
you know, and rebounding's our Achilles heel. That's the, the, the one area that if you look at us for next year, what do you have to improve in? And I would say there's three or four things, but number one is rebounding. We've got to turn the ball over a little bit less, and we've got to shoot the three better. Uh, if we can do those three things, we could be a dominant team next year. Is that where maybe the transfer portal is as much havoc as it creates and everything like that? And you, you sat here and you just talked about it. You're like, I think everything's cool. You know, I mean, that that's essentially what you were saying and how you're the last to know sometimes. On the flip side of that coin, is that where the transfer portal maybe is something that, that you can use to your advantage because you can go out and address that? Almost like a, yeah, well, like a everybody. free agency, right? Yeah, right. And, and it's really – that's – Instead of using the portal, the free agency season will be starting in about a week. Right. And you'll start seeing, as teams lose, you'll start seeing names going into that portal. We're, we've actually purchased uh, a plan, uh, a, a company that is monitoring the portal and uh, assessing the portal and will have all the pertinent information of people in the portal so that we don't have to spend hours upon hours tracking all that kind of stuff down. We've purchased it. So when the portal starts starts going, I'm going to be able to flip on my computer and see everybody that's in it, see what their rankings are, see what their phone number is, see where they came, see, I mean, everything about them. So we've, we, you know, I said many times in this radio show this year, and especially at the beginning of it when we were talking about transfers in the portal, that you have to win the portal. That, that that's become a big win for you, and I, I, I believe we won it this year. Um, you know, Got the player of the year out of it. Yeah, we yeah. got the player of the year, and, and we lost. We didn't lose the player of the year. You know what I'm right. saying? I, I think the losses versus the who we got, I think we won it. You know, I don't think it was, you know, I mean, we lost a couple guys that could have helped us, but we got a guy that was player of the year. We have to do that every year. you got to win it. And so we're investing money into figuring out how to win the portal. And we don't want to be the last guy, you know, in line trying to find out who's in there. And, and I mean, we all know who's in there, but how to get hold of that guy and how to get into him. And, you know, and then the rating system that this company is doing is, you know, it's, it, it's a pretty um, metric-based system. And you know how I like metrics. So I'm really excited about using that this year and, and seeing – um, seeing how that works, but I would tell you that you know we're we're involved in a couple guys six nine six ten that are really good rebounders, but so but we're fighting really, you know I mean they're oh not, you're not the only one camp oh. yeah they're not obscure <laughs> players they're not you know somebody that like Keith Benson that nobody else offered and we got him and developed him and he became great you know we we're not looking I. I got video today or yesterday of a European kid that's 6'10", and, you know, five years ago I'd offered that kid immediately because, you know, he's a kid that in two, three years could help us. Well, you don't have two I or three years now. I yeah. need somebody to help me next year. And that's what high school kids are finding out, and a lot of good high school kids are getting pushed to the side because in this portal age, it, the, the development side is, I just said, I think we're going to be great next year because our freshmen are going to become sophomores. But are they really even going to be here? And we don't know that. So until I know that, my recruiting is basically in, in flux. You know, we're holding on to see what we need because our needs could go – right now we have two scholarships to give, and our needs could go to six scholarships to give. Our needs could just stay at two. And if it's just those two, then they need to be 
a big that can play right now, a big that can come in and rebound right now. Does the situation with Jamal where he comes from, you know, Power 5 and, and Marquette where he wasn't necessarily the first option and he comes here and jumps in your system and he's a player of the year and he's a 20-10 and 10 guy. I, I would imagine that helps you, right? Does, the, your, your phone call gets picked up or maybe somebody else's phone call might not get picked up. Is that true or, or am I We're making We're going to find that out. And that's our biggest selling point is we've now had two players in the last four years that were – Power five schools that were role players that came here and one ended up being the runner-up rookie of the year in the NBA and Jamal Cain is being projected now between 50 and 60 in the draft. I saw, uh, I read an article yesterday about the San Antonio Spurs and their people said, uh, you know, three second round steals uh, that the we need at San Antonio, and they listed with their second-round pick, and, and Jamal was one of the three people they were talking about. And so if that happens, and we can now go to people and, and, and sell that, I mean, that's what we have to do. If we're going to win the portal, we have to sell that, but we have to find the guys that can do it. You know, I mean, I could name you six or seven, but everybody in the country is after those six or seven, too. i got to find the next Jamal Cain, the next Kendrick Nunn in, in, in the portal, and that's what we're, we're trying to do all right Kemp, we'll take a break come back it's twitter time all right hashtag ask camp but we got a lot to get to so we will fire through those when we come back to rj's pub here in rochester hills it is a greg campy show brought to you by the evans law group Neil Rule here for the Evans Law Group. And guys, look, I could tell you about how U.S. News and World Report recognized Cam Evans for 10 straight years as one of the top lawyers in America in the field of employment law. But what I want to tell you is this. When it was me, when it was my contracts, when it was my money that was on the table, Cam Evans was the only one that I trusted. And you can learn more about the legal services offered by the Evans Law Group at 248-468-1485 or visit them on the web at evanslawgrp.com. Oakland University Credit Union's new Visa Signature Credit Card rewards you for living life to the fullest. Enjoy VIP experiences, exclusive discounts, and more cash back. Receive 3% cash back on groceries, 2% cash back on gas, travel, and universities, and 1% cash back on everything else. Plus, pay no international transaction fees. Open your Visa Signature card today. Visit OUCreditUnion.org slash Visa Signature. Federally insured by the NCUA. Want to save a lot on your energy bills? Want to have some fun? Well, with the DTE Interactive Home, you can do both. From the attic to the basement, bedroom to backyard, the Interactive Home has tips, tools, programs, and products to save money in every room of the house. It's one of the few ways you can have fun and save money at the same time. Visit DTEinteractivehome.com today. DTE. This is a great day for Henry Ford Sports Medicine. As the official team physicians for the Detroit Pistons and care provider for the Detroit Lions, today we welcome another athlete whom we proudly care for, Lisa. How was your injury? It turned out to be just a twisted knee. When can you return to Zumba? Maybe next week. Lisa, one more question. Henry Ford Sports Medicine, official team physicians for athletes like Lisa and you. Learn more at henryford.com sports. 
Welcome back to the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group, live at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. Don't forget tomorrow, Golden Grizzlies and IUPUI opening round play of the Horizon League Tournament, brought to you by Keeps, goldengrizzlies.com for tickets. Doubleheader action tomorrow. The women will play at 5.30. The men will have their game against IUPUI at 8 o'clock. We'll talk about that matchup in just a little bit, but before that, you know how we do it. Hashtag Ask Campy on Twitter. Get your questions in. If you got something that even pops in your head right now, you can fire away. Coach Campy uh, will answer. We'll answer them all. So uh, we're ready to roll on that. Let's get to our first one at Oakland U fan. Uh, he actually tweeted this last week when the news happened. He said this could be a good one to ask Coach. And he quote tweeted uh, Barstool's tweet. Uh, they showed the video of Dan Hurley uh, getting kicked out of the UConn Villanova game because he turned and pumped up the crowd. Uh, and then got a technical for it. Uh, Barstool said refs are ruining our beloved game of college basketball. It's disgusting. But uh, Oakland U fan said this could be a good one to ask Coach about next week. What's the craziest reason you ever got tossed from a game? Wow. Um, the craziest reason? I, I, I mean, I threw – one of the reasons I stopped wearing suits is I used to tear the coat off and throw it, and that – that started becoming a technical, which I can't understand why. If I take my coat off and throw it when I'm mad at a player, why does the referee, because they have rabbit ears or rabbit eyes or whatever, think it's about them? And I did that at Cincinnati. I was mad at I can't remember who, and I just took it off and threw it maybe about eight rows up in the stands. And... Uh, <laughs> I got teed for that, and I, I went to the guy, why are you teeing? I can't let you do that. What do you mean? It, I was at my player. I, you know, so um, I think it's ridiculous that Hurley got that technical and thrown out be, because of that. Um, when, you know, that was a veteran referee who was supposed to, and sometimes they just, you know, and they're human, and they lose it too. I mean, you got to remember, there's, you know, in that game, there's 15,000 people. The emotions are running high. It's a big game. People's jobs are on the line here. You know, uh, <laughs> you can't. You're the referee. Your your job is to mitigate the game, right? Call fouls. Keep it in the, under control. Your job is not to follow a, a coach around and watch the coach, you know, wave at the crowd or whatever. Uh, and I'm sure the referee thought that he was doing that disrespectful, and that's why. But that, that you know what? That's too bad. Do your job. <laughs> and he didn't do his job. And and uh, fortunately, UConn won the game, and the kids weren't affected because the coach got thrown out. And that's what that's what I don't get with officials. And I've never officiated a game like that, so maybe I would change my mind if I were in their shoes. But. You're affecting those student athletes, and they're the ones that are playing. They're the ones that are winning or losing the game. And your judgment has something to do with that. But when you do, when you make a play like that and give another team two or four points, it's like uh, I have a good relationship with one of the officials in the Cleveland State game. And uh, early in that, second half I think maybe the second possession of the second half might have been the first possession I think they made a three we came down we shot missed went out of bounds we got it back and Lampman shot a three and just got drilled on the arm yeah and the ball didn't even get to the horizon lake I mean it, it, it was it went up and came down and 
I I was pretty upset about it, and I said to him, that that play, that three points is huge. You know, and, and his answer to me, you're going to win this game. Don't worry about it. You're going to win this game. And I'm like, <laughs> if we had those three points, we probably would win it. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it just, it it's, it, and I don't, I mean, the guy missed it. And you're, I, I make mistakes, players make mistakes, we miss calls. Officials miss calls. But when you blatantly, a, a perfect example of, of when, of an official situation was with the, the dude in the Michigan State game. When he missed that call, he should have turned his back and run down the floor. And for him to tee me, when there's two other officials right by me, for him to tee me from the other free throw line on a thing he missed already hurt our team. We're playing Michigan State. With there's, three minutes to go, right? Was uh, it was it? about a minute and a half to go and was a half, okay. and it was tied. Yeah. And he missed that call. That already affected the Oakland players who, for us to beat Michigan State, you, can, you almost need perfection, right? You almost you can't have a play like that. Then on top of it, he gave them two more points right? because he wanted to be right because he made a mistake. He couldn't just turn and run down the court, turn his back to me. That's what, that's what a good official should do, and a good official in that situation has to understand the kids play the game. My arguments with officials are usually when it's something like that. It's not a block charge call. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, Camp, because somebody asked me about that too when, when we were discussing officiating and things like that. And I've noticed throughout the years when we've had games when you have when you have a good uh, I'm say a good official when you have an official that oversees the game that will admit sometimes when he's wrong because I've I've heard him do it before that will you know take control of the basketball game and really keep things under control it is almost like a, a relief when you walk in at least for me when i'm when i'm calling these games because you you have a guy you know that's in charge and i think you probably know who i'm talking about here he's in charge he calls it he'll he'll tell you hey i missed that one or hey here's why i did that here's why i called that he'll take five seconds and explain it to you. that goes a long way doesn't it well if if you go to a basketball game and the game ends and you're not bitching about officials because they did a good job, it's usually a really good basketball game. Right. And that they're not involved. Now, we're all homers when it comes to that. It, it, you, put, you put somebody in a green shirt and somebody in a gold shirt right by each other and watch the exact same game, they're not going to agree. Right. Because they're, they're, they're cheering for their program. They're cheering for their son. They're cheering. And, and we all know that. And as a coach, you try and get by that, you know. I said, I said to <laughs> uh, late in the game, it was one we lost. Maybe it was Kentucky or, or Wright State. It was late, and the, the game was really not very well officiated, so I can't remember which one it was. But there was a call that went our way late in the game. And I, one of the officials came back, and I looked at him, and I go, now, this is going to prove to you that I'm not a homer here. That was one of the worst calls I've ever seen, and it went our way. But you guys have really sucked tonight. You know, I mean, you, and, and, and that, that call right there proves it because that, that, that was a foul on our kid. And you call that a charge, you know, or whatever. Whatever, whatever was, it was, yeah. right. And, and, you know, it just, 
it, it, when you get a good crew in a well-officiated game and people that don't have to be in charge and, and be the show, then you're going to have – people are going to walk away from the game going, wow, that was a – when you talk to the top officials and leaders, a guy that runs our officials now, Mike Kitts, he was a tremendous official. I will tell you when he walked away from a game, he didn't want anybody to know his name or anybody to, you know, I did my job when they don't, when nobody's yelling at me. Right. And uh, um, unfortunately, that play, we've got to be, you know, it's got to be more about the official than it does the game. Uh, that's pretty good, though, Camp. That's one question. We only went eight minutes on, on, on one question. So I, I I'm think back at it. You're back at it, baby. You, yeah, we, we got this thing down right now. Uh, at Oakland, U-Fan has a, a two, another second part to the question. One kind of bleeds into another one, so I'll just ask you the second half of this one. Uh, with tomorrow being one of my favorite holidays, do you hold off on allowing the players to have a, a punchki until after the game to prevent a sugar crash or a sugar coma? Well, uh, maybe we need to give them a bunch as the game starts to give us a, a well-timed burst rush, of energy a burst of energy to begin the game in since um the beginning of that game tomorrow is going to be the first 10 minutes of that game is going to decide what's going to happen and uh, we need to play we're we're set up tomorrow to be the villain you know we're the we're the uh south bend team and hoosiers in the championship game tomorrow you know, the whole country's looking at this. The whole country's talking about a team with only five guys, you know. And the whole country's going to be cheering for them to win. And what a story that is if they can. And so we're the villain tomorrow night. And we've got to understand that. And there can't be any Hollywood script tomorrow night because, you know, my guess is that the, uh, there'll be a lot of, you know, I'm not going to say that, but we better be ready to play. All right, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about it uh, in just a little bit. Uh, with the hashtag AskCampy on Twitter, uh, Craig Hanford asks, says, Camp, given the success of achieving the mantra of, quote, we don't lose to Detroit and we don't lose on senior day, is it maybe time to expand the mantra a little bit further? Good luck this week. Well, did he just hear me say that about 30 minutes ago? So the answer to that is yes. Um, what, what? Nobody at our level can guarantee well, nobody at any level can guarantee conference tournament success unless you're Gonzaga and you're, a, you know, a $15 million program playing against 2 and $3 million programs. Even they lose, though, Camp. Like, people forget that. They lose in the conference tournament from time to time, but they're right. still in. Right. But if you look around, there's no conference, you know. The Ohio Valley just lost their two dominant teams that, that go back and forth fourth but Moorhead State won it last year right you know there's just conference tournaments um we've made six championship games in the last 17 years in the conference tournament I would put that up with you know that would probably be in the top four or five I, I don't think Michigan's been in six in the last 14 years I Michigan State might be but I don't I don't know with you a 50 percent hit rate too like you know yeah we've won three and lost three but you know my point is that um, we haven't won though in the last decade, right. and so it doesn't look good. And if if this person and anybody doesn't think that that's not grinding inside our players, inside our staff, inside my bosses, if anybody doesn't understand it, that is our number one goal. And it's the you know when we convene for the first time every year, 
and we talk about what's our vision for the season, what do we want to accomplish, that is number one. It's not win the regular season. It's not beat Detroit. It's not this. It's not that. It's we want to win and go to the NSA tournament. Uh, Nick Lucido, who's here in the house today, this is a pretty good one, Cam. Coach, you took you took it easy on Lampman for calling that timeout before halftime, right? In fairness, it would have been a turnover if he didn't. Hashtag ask Campy. No, it wouldn't have. If he hadn't panicked, we had, if you look at the video, Jalen Moore was there. I can't remember if it was Mike or somebody was six feet in front of him in the other direction. And even if he just held the ball and didn't call timeout, the, the, the half would have ended. The, he got the ball with less than 10 seconds to go, so there wouldn't have been a 10-second violation. And, and um, if Jamal Kane had missed that shot and we had, they had gone down and made a three and then we were in trouble in the half court bringing it up and we didn't have any timeouts left, we would have really needed that timeout to win that game. And, the, and then the other side of that, which Nick, you probably don't know, is we have a rule. We have a rule. You, as a player, you are not allowed to call a timeout until there's less than three minutes to go in a game. Because in my opinion, and I, I just can't get this when I watch NFL football. You know, the, the, the play clock's going down. It's third and seven, and they call timeout. With, you know, 12 minutes to go in the third quarter. Those five yards versus a timeout at the end of the game are unequal. Uh, it, it's unequal. Not e it's yeah. not e to me, it's not even in the <laughs> yeah. same stratosphere. Right. That possession versus that timeout. Cleveland State, when you know, when you know that they're going to press us, when you know that you know they're really good at that, and we need our timeouts to protect our lead and to protect the ten-second call and all that kind of stuff. And you learn something in the jo Joan Howard. Uh, situation that I don't think a lot of people know is that if you call timeout in the in a 10-second situation, the clock resets. So we we you know there's we're at 22 on the shot clock and we're not across half court. I can call timeout. Now we can throw it into the back court and now we it, it goes till 12 before it's a 10-second violation. So saving those timeouts to me are gold and way more worth than any one possession. And then you also have to remember that I called two timeouts in the first 40 seconds of the game or 80 seconds of the game, right? And so now those timeouts were even more important, and they knew this. And then the one thing that maybe you didn't see is when he got it, he looked at me and goes, timeout? And I said, no. <laughs> I said, no. And he did it anyways. So... I already was a little wired for that game. <laughs> you could tell by those first couple timeouts, I was a little wired. And then that happened. Uh, and he, uh, there's been a long time since I had a halftime like that. I mean, it, those were, in, in the old days, those halftimes were almost every game. But it's been a long time with, you know, coaching kids differently today. But uh, he, Blake Lampman. He got a taste of 1995 campy.
A tutorial. Yes. So, yes I call him on the, on the air. It's a tutorial. Yes. He got a tutorial on timeout. <laughs> so uh, we have one more, but we'll do this. I'll call a timeout right now, and you can't okay. stop me, Camp. I'm going to go ahead and do it. And uh, we'll do that. We'll come back, get to the last Ask Campy question, and it's tie-dye the IUPUI game tomorrow uh, at the arena with the tip time of 8 o'clock. Tickets, by the way, at goldengrizzlies.com. We'll be back with the final segment of the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. We're live at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. Neil Rule here for the Evans Law Group. And guys, look, I could tell you about how U.S. News and World Report recognized Cam Evans for 10 straight years as one of the top lawyers in America in the field of employment law. But what I want to tell you is this. When it was me, when it was my contracts, when it was my money that was on the table, Cam Evans was the only one that I trusted. And you can learn more about the legal services offered by the Evans Law Group at 248-468-1485 or visit them on the web at evanslawgrp.com. This is a great day for Henry Ford Sports Medicine. As the official team physicians for the Detroit Pistons and care provider for the Detroit Lions, today we welcome another athlete whom we proudly care for, Lisa. How was your injury? It turned out to be just a twisted knee. When can you return to Zumba? Maybe next week. Lisa, one more question. Henry Ford Sports Medicine. Official team physicians for athletes like Lisa and you. Learn more at henryford.com slash sports. Tap into savings when you use your Oakland University Credit Union Visa Signature Credit Card. The Visa Signature Credit Card gives you more cash back, like 3% cash back on groceries, 2% cash back on gas, travel, and universities, and 1% cash back on everything else. Simply tap to pay. It's fast, easy, and convenient. Tap to pay. Get more cash back with the OUCU Visa Signature Credit Card federally insured by the NCUA. Want to save a lot on your energy bills? Want to have some fun? Well, with the DTE Interactive Home, you can do both. From the attic to the basement, bedroom to backyard, the Interactive Home has tips, tools, programs, and products to save money in every room of the house. It's one of the few ways you can have fun and save money at the same time. Visit DTEinteractivehome.com today. DTE. Welcome back to the Greg Campy Show, live at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Big thank you to the Evans Law Group, too, for their continued support of the Greg Campy Show. They've been on here pretty much since the beginning, so big thank you to Cam and Sue Evans. Sue uh, is on the floor after the game. Yep, absolutely. She was out there with the seniors, and they're great people and have been very supportive of us. Yes, they, they certainly have. And um, Camp, the last one we have here uh, from Jake Wolock uh, kind of rolls into what at, at Oakland UFAM was asking as well. Uh, ask Campy, the opponent is the opponent. That being said, how do you get the players to focus on the task at hand and not look ahead to a possible Thursday matchup at Wright State? And that kind of spills into how do you game plan for a team that will be running uh, with just five players. And for those that didn't see it, uh, Ryder out of Indianapolis tweeted out today that IUPUI will have just five players available for the game tomorrow. And, and Camp, you know, b before you get into all that, uh, give a lot of credit to IUPUI, you know, in, in that they've, they've fought against, you know, tough, tough circumstances all year long, and, and they keep showing up. Could you imagine being Matt Crenshaw in his first head coaching job of his life and having all this go wrong from him, from the pandemic to the, you know, they – he got the job their school was in flux they had a, a interim coach for two years I'd never even heard that before and then the, then their two best players who could have come back for their COVID year left 
and you know he's stuck with maybe seven or eight players he redshirts his recruiting class because they know they're going to really struggle this year so why not redshirt those kids i think they're going to be good and then they get couple kids leave the team and a couple injuries and they're down to six players COVID hits them they miss five games they we as a group of people our league led it uh, along with the Atlantic Atlantic 10 tried to put a uh, new rule through for this year for February that if you had redshirted a player he could play in up to four or five games uh, in February so that your COVID situation, you know, you could play games instead of not playing them, and that would have helped them a great deal. Um, they could, you know, they could have used one or two of those guys four games and use one or two of the next four games. And, and the for some reason, the membership voted it down. Um, and so now they're stuck. Do I, you know, do we fight through this or do we bring these kids out of red shirt and let them play 10 games on a team that's, you know, hasn't won a division one game? Um, you know, so he he did what I would have done. I fought through it, and, and it's been a tough deal for him. They had an unbelievable win, though, a week or so ago on the road uh, at uh, Robert Morris, and, and I watched the game, and, you know, their kids played great. And they're, One thing they're doing is they're playing their tails off, but it'll be interesting tomorrow night because, you know, we're a team that gets fouled a lot. Right. You know, we're a team that goes to the free throw line a lot, and uh, – there's usually somebody fouling out of games when they play us. And so we'll see how that all goes tomorrow night because uh, we've got to understand that this is, this is the most important game that we've played this year. It's the tournament. If we lose, we go home. And like I said earlier, you know, we're the villain right now. We're, we're the team that, you know, everybody wants to lose in this game. Everybody wants to see the great story. Uh, Hoosiers, too. And... Um, we got to understand we've got to come to play and and uh whatever it takes to win the game we're going to we're going to do and, and we're going to play without Trey Townsend tomorrow night so uh you know we did a hell of a job without him Saturday but that, you know it's funny statistically uh and I didn't you know I I'm kind of sometimes oblivious to things and Mike Covington said this in a meeting the other day uh Trey Townsend was averaging 18 points a game, and in our last five games, he's averaged three. Yeah. Now, he didn't play in one of them, but he's averaging three points a game. Yeah. That might be the first look at why we our record isn't very good in those games, right? I mean, when you take an 18-point-a-game guy, and he, you know, maybe, and, and maybe I shouldn't have played him against uh, Fort Wayne, you know, as I, as I look back at it now, you know, I mean, he played 25 minutes and had all zeros. Um, somebody else might have been able to do something, and he might be have be healthier now, but he wanted to play. And the funny thing about that is, you know, one of the things Trey and I have talked about is because he gets five years and he started every game that he's been here, he had a chance to, you know, set some kind of unbelievable record of starting in – because he's going to get five seasons. Yeah, like 150 so, well, games yeah, or he, whatever. He yeah. might 100 – you know, if we play 30 – you know, 33 or four a year, that's 99 and, yeah, 163 or four games that he could have started consistently, you know, consecutively. consecutively right. And uh, we had talked about that, and that's one of the reasons I played him in uh, the Dearborn game. You know, we didn't need him, and I wasn't going to play him. And 
I just said something to him like, you, you know, we want to keep that string alive because that could, and he said yes. So, <laughs> as so, I would have, as anybody else right, would have. Right. So we, I played him against Fort Wayne, and the, as I look back at it now, you know, that Fort Wayne was not my finest mo moment as a basketball coach, and, and it, it really eats at me every day. And, and that's another thing in it that I, I just, I'm really angry with myself. Epic Camp, I mean, here's the deal, though. The, the bottom line is this. Got about four minutes left here in the show. Uh, the moral of the story for everyone that plays tomorrow, 160 minutes from the NCAA tournament. Th those are the stakes right now. Everybody's got equal footing. Uh, if you win, you get another game, and if you lose, you go home. And only one team's going to finish that with another game to play. And uh, that's why we did all that, right? comes down to this. Yeah, and, you know, we spent three, four months preparing for this, and – it's, you know, it's fickle. I mean, we, we had a championship team that lost because a freshman center left the basket to go and try and block a three-point shot with one second to go in a game. I mean, crazy things happen in March. It's why it's, it's, why it's the greatest month in, the, in right. the year because anybody that loves basketball, you're, you're prepared to see, you know, March Madness. You know, I know that's cliche-ish, but it's so true. And... Tomorrow's the first day of March, and it starts. And uh, that's why I'm so worried about this, you know, like I said, being the villain, because this is this is a story that, oh, my God, you know, th th this is something that could happen. You see something like this happening almost every year. Some crazy thing happens. And it, it's been, you know, the loss at, at uh, I remember the, the year before we went to the two straight NCAA tournaments, could have been three straight that we went to. We had a 14-point lead. North Dakota State cut it down. Uh, Benson dunked to tie it with three seconds or four seconds to go, and, and Woodside came flying up the floor and fired up a bomb and made it. And Keith didn't hedge the ball screen because that's how we played it with him. And, you know, I didn't have any timeouts left, and I should have called a timeout after we scored. And we lose the game on that, and then we go into a, a postseason tournament and we score with one second to go, to go up two, and Bradley throws it in. The guy travels and throws it 75 feet, and it banks in. And, you know, I mean, just we've had our share of, of heartbreak in March. Um, you know, the shot at the buzzer to uh, um, Kendrick Nunn. Kendrick Nunn had, you know, we're playing Cleveland State, who were way better then, but we had lost five guys to season-ending injuries, Martez Walker, uh, Brad Brechting, um, X. Xavier didn't yeah. play. He wasn't lost, but he, he didn't play because of the red shirt. And Bugs, uh, our point guard, uh, Brandon, Braylon, Braylon Neely. Neely yeah. We had lost those guys during the course of the season. We're playing two walk-ons, and, and we still had a chance to get to the final game. And uh, we're up one, and Kendrick Nunn gets three open shots and misses them. And I would bet my house that he would make one. One of them, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. But it's March, and crazy things happen. And yeah, absolutely. Well, final minute of the show here. Big thank you to everybody at RJ's Pub as well, Russ and uh, Russ Jr. and everybody, the staff here. They've been great all season long. Hopefully there's one more, Camp. So here's the stakes, all right? How about two more? To, to, whatever, yeah, man. Let's keep, let's keep doing them, you know. But uh, those are the stakes. Hopefully we're playing next Monday night and uh, certainly in Indianapolis. Uh, get through all this. How about you guys roll out for one on Monday, the following Monday, at selection one? Yeah? Everybody's nodding okay? Yeah. We, we I can think do that. We, I, th I think if we make it, we do it because it, 
selection Sunday, we wouldn't probably travel until Tuesday. Yeah. So, yeah, I think. Can't appreciate you all season long uh, answering the bell. Hopefully we get to do it one more. Big thank you to everybody that listened. And uh, as always, we'll have the podcast up as well. And Jimmy Kennedy, appreciate you too back in our 1270 The Bet studio. So for now, this is Neil Rule for Greg Campy. Thanks for listening to The Greg Campy Show brought to you by the Evans Law Group live at RJ's Pub. Well, see you later.